Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bringing the Thunder. We're back on the Thunder train and it's pay-per-view time. It's Super Brawl. It's the biggest night in the history of our sport with the biggest rematch in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> right. I'm your host, Andrew Wimmer, once again. To bring the Thunder, it's Mr. Ross Bell. Hello, mate. Second pay-per-view of the Thunder era. Uh, sold out was good, though. So this could be good as well yeah this was it was decent there was one massive massive issue with it uh, we'll get to that but overall pretty good some really good performances from some guys some cracking matches um yeah it's nice it's nice angles which will lead us forward into thunder as well so yeah i'm um, quite excited to talk about this All right so february 22nd 2000 so february 22nd 1998 that's a long time ago that's a long, long time ago. It is, Jesus Christ. Uh, obviously, heading into it through the previous funders, we know we're looking at Hogan Sting for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship. We're looking at the Steiners against the Outsiders for the tag team titles. We're looking at Rick Martel defending the TV belt against Booker T. Uh, we've got DDP defending the US title against Chris Benoit. We've got Chris Jericho defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Juventud Guerrero, who has put his mask on the line. Mm. And a whole host and plethora of other matches, including the biggest question of all, what was Randy Savage talking to Lex Luger about in the parking lot three days before their match here at Super Bowl? That's the biggest question that is asked for about the first half of this show on commentary. <laughs> what were they talking about and what impact will Randy Savage have on the match that everyone's anticipating, which is Hogan versus Sting for the vacant world championship? Yeah. So we're in San Francisco. We're in the Cow Palace, I believe, which they talk about yeah. a lot yeah. throughout the course of the evening. <laughs> Uh, it's a hideous the, arena looking it's at it from awful. the outside. Yeah. The set to start with, the video set, it's just a big narrow video wall that shows a still image of the guys coming out and their name. Yeah. And that's it. It's weird. Why go to that effort of putting all that, that wall up? Because it's quite long. It's quite a long yeah. um, rectangular wall. But yeah, it's just a picture. Like, and just a oh, massive open point. space that's never <laughs> utilized at any point. So what I did like, and I've always liked about wrestling entrances and uh, the girl like this, is the, the bend. Before you get to the main aisle, I like the bend. The old WrestleManias used to have them as well, didn't they? They've been brought up on a straight ramp through, obviously Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. we're not used to that. That bend, that little corner, that one. I like. I like odd entrances. I like the uh, MSG Rumble entrances as well, where you're looking straight down. Oh, there. straight down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Good. WrestleMania 19 was the best one for me. We had that big bend, long old ramp, but yeah. a big bend. I liked yeah, it. yeah. I'm sure Austin's dodgy heart at WrestleMania 19 really liked that at the time, didn't it? <laughs> Okay, so opening package is a black and white affair. Folks and Hogan versus Sting. And the voice of sound a bit like Michael Buffer, but in like less hyperbole mode. Yeah, we'll get to him later. I have issues with this man. <laughs> oh, oh, looking for there's There's your tea straight away. <laughs> okay, straight into the championships. Uh, the TV championship on the line is Rick Martel, the rejuvenated, almost reincarnated Rick Martel. This guy had been out of the business seemingly for years, and he showed yeah. up at WW, and after a month or so, he's a TV champ. He's looking great, in great shape. Yeah, What's going on? I don't know. This guy was 
kind of a, a low-level mid-card guy seven years earlier in WWF, five, six, yeah, seven years that. earlier. Yeah. And yeah, he looks in fantastic shape and he can go. He gave a really good match with Booker T in this. Uh, the win defends against Saturn. Uh, it wasn't determined when, but later the, in that evening, we were told. Yeah. The Flocker at ringside with Saturn, as you'd expect. Uh, Tanae's talking about the Cow Palace, where they are. He said that you can cut tradition with a knife. Mm. I thought that was tension. <laughs> It normally is, yeah. Does um, that mean that tradition's thick? Hence, <laughs> that why you can cut it. Yeah, we're thick with tradition here. <laughs> I don't know if that works tonight. I don't know if that's quite what you were shooting for there. This, unfortunately, is probably going to be the last time we see Martel because he suffered. He is, yes. Yeah, I've got notes on that. He suffered three injuries in this match, yeah. and he had one more match after this, ironically against Stevie Ray, in about oh. four, four months later, and got injured nice. then again. And oh, retired. No. So this is this is literally bar we're one match. The which end of a man's career. I don't think we're going to see because it's on Nitro. This is his swan song. This this yeah. is it. And he went out on a high. He went out, you know, completely, you know, doing what he had to do. Yeah. Uh, so getting into it, Martin took a nice little bump. Uh, but he, I noticed he went down a bit heavy. It was on the first Harlem sidekick, and he seems yeah. to go down a bit like a sack of spuds and mm. seemed to be sort of twiddling his fingers a little bit, trying to get some feeling. I don't know if there was a set, really good sell job in there. Or there was a little bit of a, I don't know, uh, a slight bump. But mm. uh, commentators straight away talk about how much Book has improved over the last few months, how he's become more popular. Um, they're talking a lot about, um, and they have it more in, in later matches, about sh- uh, showboating and being popular and playing to the crowd. And there's a definite, I don't know if they're trying to tell a story or trying to maybe uh, get the mess over to certain people on the roster, but there's definitely yeah. a, a mention about stop the showboating and becoming popular. And don't know, I'll notice there was a, an underlying current of that throughout the yeah, commentary. It mentioned it a few times tonight. This is also kind of the start of Booker's push away from the Harlem Heat, isn't mm-hmm. it? He, it was always part of Harlem Heat, even to the very end, really, was yeah. when Steve Ray was around. But this is the start. It's kind of a really slow ascension, but it's really good. I'm interested to watch kind of how they do it. Uh, Martel's got good heat. He, he turned yeah. here not long before this. He comes a babyface as that veteran, mm. you know, babyface. Uh, crowd are really into it. Seem hot. Good opener. It's a good choice for an opener as well. Yeah, There's definitely. a bit of a story there. Obviously, we've seen on the last few Thunders, you know, that the Saturn, Booker, Martel trio uh, of a few going around. So there's mm. a bit of a story there. Um, the first injury that we spoke about in Martel, he got hip tossed and his leg hit the rope. Uh, yeah. That was where he suffered his ligament tear, I believe. Yeah, uh, and you could see it affected. We got the the Quebec crab. Booker got the, the uh, ropes to break it. He come back with an axe kick in the spine bars. Went missed the top rope cross body. Uh, Booker then hit the side kick, the Harlem side kick off the top rope, um, and got the win with that. Martel took a very bad landing when he hit mm. uh, the mat on it. Um, he actually ended up with a torn ligament, a fractured yep. leg, and cartilage damage as well <laughs> in this match. Uh, despite yeah. that, I really enjoyed this. Good action, yeah. really good, uh, really easy to invest in. Crowd were into it, easy to follow. Yeah, it was it was unlike a normal WWE pay per view opener. It's normally the cruiserweights that they put in this position, but mm. yeah, putting two guys that can just go, and it was nice to see this kind of this really short, rejuvenated Rick Martel because he was always kind of one of my favourites when he was the model. That was a great character um, back in the day. Ninety five, that was 94, 95. Um, so I remember is... in 93, he faced Razor Ramon for the vacant IC Championship on Raw. Yeah, so this is six years later almost. Mm. Um, yeah, he's uh, having the time of his life until the injuries, unfortunately, and his career. But yeah, really good to see Booker start his ascension. Um, and then, yeah, it was supposed to be later in the night, but it was very next match, wasn't it? 
Yeah, Saturn came in and jumped um, jumped Booker, and they got started. Now, apparently, Martel was supposed to win. I've when I was oh, researching wow. the show, Martel got his injury, and they called Norwood and said, "We can't do this." Uh, they called Booker winning. They called Saturn the Saturn Booker match shouldn't have even happen. It should have been Saturn and Martel. Saturn and Booker called the whole thing on the fly. Reportedly, now you couldn't, you wouldn't have known that if that's true. You wouldn't have known it at all. Yeah. This was so, a, a minute shorter of than this is a minute shorter than the Benoit DDP match later on, and that would have been scripted to the nth degree. Yep. That, oh, this, yeah. yeah. On the fly, this was superb. Uh, two, we will, two really good wrestlers. We obviously talk about how much we love Saturn on on the Thunders anyway. Uh, so underrated somehow, yeah. even though you know people do rave about him, he's still underrated mm. in my view. Yeah, and definitely. yeah, Booker. He, Booker seems to work off a crowd. If the crowd are really into mm. it, Booker seems to improve on his work. If the crowd aren't into it, Booker seems a little bit off. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, but the crowd were into it. I think they dipped a bit in the middle of it because it did go on, I think, a little bit long for an opener. Because I think opening matches, kind of 10 minutes, is a good sort of high-paced open. Yeah. Where this had a second match and was almost like one long segment, I think the crowd dipped a little bit. Yeah, they were preserving themselves. Booker, isn't it, basically? Yes. And, you know, this is someone who, with all due respect, is a mid-carder, a tag team wrestler, who's challenging for a belt. You haven't that lot of time to invest because he's not in NWO guys so there's no story no. there so yeah but let's say no no nothing against booker he, he looked really good yeah. sat and did his job in more ways than one um the commentators already were calling it the best one of the best one two matches in history they're already proclaiming it was a, yeah I, I don't know what that even is <laughs> i don't really understand that uh, a bit into this match they acknowledge martel's injuries obviously that reported from backstage yeah uh booker mr harlem hangover always loved that move um got a back suplex hit the sidekick for the win and he wins and retains the TV championship. He has a good selection of finishing moves all the way he through does. his career, even when he had the bookend. And yeah, it it was you know, a nice selection of finishing moves that you could pull out at any time. The Harlem Hangover was always my favourite, but such a dangerous move for your own body. I wonder if he had, would he have adopted the bookend if The Rock wasn't a thing <laughs> on WF TV? <laughs> Probably not, to be honest. Because he already the had bookend enough, start? Didn't he? Yeah, when did didn't the he have a little feud with The Rock? He did when Rock came back in two, yeah. I want to say two thousand one, SummerSlam yeah. maybe. So I'm sure it was around that time they brought that in. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was a late WW, which at that time Rock wasn't really a staple. Oh, it may have been. Yeah. Uh, early two thousand, Rock was still there. Well, of course, yeah, two thousand was, was Rock's year. So yeah, maybe it was kind of a well, they've got a guy doing that. Yeah, maybe that was their this. revenge for Billy Gunn taking the jackhammer. They thought they'd take <laughs> the Rock bottom and give it to Booker. I don't know. <laughs> Levels, levels. I mean, guns was obviously better. You yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> Best jackhammer in the game. Obviously. <sighs> we miss Billy. <laughs> we do. Okay, so yeah, great opening, uh, open couple of matches uh, to the night. Booker getting put over like Rover. The, the, yeah. com- the comments actually go back to him several times throughout the show and they and they harp on you know, how good a start he had. Mm. Uh, we're backstage at the WSW Wrestling area with Chris Jericho, who's there with Stagger Lee and Mark Madden. <laughs> Mark Madden says nothing, thankfully. Yeah, because he's bad. He is just terrible at his job. We're some way off uh, the Mark Madden times um, of Thunder. Because I know he did Nitro as a colour guy. I don't know if he found his, if he leached onto Thunder or not. But I'm sure he does, his presence I think would be he does felt. late on Thunder, yeah. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, okay. that's coming up. Brilliant. <laughs> Why are we doing Thunder again? Remember we're doing this again? 
Okay, up next, we have La Parker, the chairman of OSW, which in later years was actually a position that people feuded over. Nowadays, <laughs> it's just a name for La Parker. Uh, he's <laughs> taken on Disco Inferno. Apparently, this rivalry, according to Shivani, has become very heated over a short period of time. I must have missed that. Is it? Yeah, I've missed that totally. I mean, I hate Disco Inferno. <laughs> his, his character, him as a person, he's a despisable human being. But putting him in a match with La Parker, I can always watch La Parker go. He's uh, an old cruiserweight for a man of his size, but he... He well, he's loves deceptively his stocky, I believe, is the term. He's deceptively stocky for a cruiserweight. <laughs> as, as, as yeah, £220, pounds, apparently. He looks a big um, £220. Pounds. He does, doesn't he? If 205 is a cruiserweight and uh, Matt Hardy was just over that, yeah, he's a yeah. lot more than 220. <laughs> um, the commentators yeah, I believe like his that... Yeah, it's a really good gimmick. It's so simple. It's, I'm going to hit you with a chair and dance. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it works. Um, Shivani yeah. thinks that Disco Inferno is what makes our sport great because it's something for everyone. Uh. Is it? I don't want to do with that. Is it really? It's not for me. No. I like that for much. I, I hate him. Uh, La Parker, a great corkscrew plancher early on in this. Uh, the commentary actually did it. They, today acknowledged it. Uh, Shivani yeah. is busy putting over Booker T, which is no bad thing. Uh, today, mm. to his credit, does try calling this match legit and trying to throw some some things in. And yeah. it gets derailed by Heenan. As much as I love Bobby Heenan... <laughs> There was one one exchange in particular. There was a suicide dive from Parker. It looked fine, really good. And Tanae come out and went, it's a tope suicida. And you heard like a Shivani gasp of like, that's a move name. And he actually comes, <laughs> he goes, very good. Uh, very good, uh, Mike. That's the first time I've heard you say that. He then replies with, do you get that with chips and salsa? <laughs> Shivani deadpans has gone, thanks for brain. Add nothing to the exchange. <laughs> God bless Heenan. Yeah, Heenan was fantastic for them things. Could was... you say that now? Could you say to- uh... the Tope Suicida? Do you get that with chips and salsa? King would say it. Heenan would say it. Yeah. I reckon that's kind of, yeah, King and um, uh, Heenan are kind of the only two that probably would ever get away with that sort of thing. Although that's nothing like King's noodle remark to a Kari saying no, surely. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. I don't think that's quite there. Um, Shivani claims that the fans in the arena are anticipating Hogan versus Sting and obviously ignoring the match in the ring in, in front of them. Yeah, it's, it's all a bit about annoying. Hogan and Sting. Because, yeah, we know Hogan's going to come up, but like the whole build's been to that. Let these guys have their, well, they have 10 minutes basically. Let them have yeah. their time in the ring. And yeah, annoying. Uh, the finish saw Disco inadvertently poke the ref in the eye. Leparco went and got a chair and set up in the middle of the ring. Uh, Parker then climbed to the top rope. And Disco basically threw him on off the rope into the chair and then hit the stunt, sorry, hit the chart buster for the yeah. win. And uh, yeah. Yeah, very convoluted ending. Very WCW mm. ending. It's a shame and Disco won. Shivani claimed that when the, 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 the ref saw the chair, but because he didn't see who brought it in, he couldn't do anything. And as long as the chair isn't used directly, he can't DQ. So you can throw someone onto the chair from the top rope. That's allowed. Right but you can't hit someone with a chair, apparently. Okay. Even though, more, surely, getting the more, guy in front, <laughs> off the top, onto the chair, that's surely as bad as hitting them with the chair. Yeah, definitely. Which makes me wonder why Cactus Jack didn't always just set up some barbed wire in the corner of the ring. And just throw exactly, into it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, but I didn't bring it in. It's just sitting there. <laughs> it, there. it dropped in. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't throw hit the barbed wire at him. I threw him at the barbed wire. Uh, match was was all right. It didn't really offend me, but yeah, it was fine, I, I've, I don't need to see disc on pay per view. No, we've seen a lot worse, definitely. Talking of a lot worse, JJ Dillon's here. 
<laughs> and he's here with Mean Gene, JJ Dillon is here to talk about Nick Patrick still being suspended. We're now two months removed from Starcade almost. And despite the video showing that Nick Patrick doesn't fast count um, Sting, it was a regular normal count, a normal cadence, yep. uh, this story makes no sense. I think you can add up the Nick Patrick time that they spend talking about him and compare it to every single episode of Raw, SmackDown, Heat, Velocity, whatever, and there's not as much referee mentions on those combined as this Nick Patrick storyline. Unless the story demands it, Vince has never liked to acknowledge him referees. No, exactly. We've had a Triple H thing with El Hebner, and that was pretty much the only thing I can remember. I remember they had the strike in late 99, yeah. Um, which I think was around the Unforgiven six-pack stuff. With yeah. Vince. That's the only time I can really mention or remember thinking where they acknowledge referees' names and had proper stories outside of anything Earl did. That was a couple of weeks, wasn't it? That was it, yeah. And it was done. <laughs> but this, they, I mean, to be fair, Nick Patrick cuts a decent promo. I'm not going to lie. He, <laughs> he does. And he's quite entertaining in the main event as well when he comes out. Man can down. talk. Nick yeah. Patrick can talk. <laughs> uh, he's back. Nick Patrick has been reinstated, but not for the main event tonight. Patrick mm. does argue, I'd say somewhat convincingly, that if he's been reinstated, that means he's the lead referee again. Exactly. Why is the lead referee not main eventing yeah. the, the the card? So I don't know. But Nick Patrick is back, uh, even though he's been back in every, it seems he's been at every show dressed up as a ref since Starcade. Yeah. Surely if he's suspended, you can't go to your place of work. I'll he's back with uh, no restrictions as well. I'd love to see if they could have brought him back with restrictions. Like you can't do count outs. Yeah. Can't do I can count to two. Oh, I can't count three. I'm restricted. <laughs> Can you restrict a referee? Don't bring it back then. If you can't exactly. if you restrict him, what can you do? It's pointless. He's either doing his job or he isn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, Brad Armstrong comes out next, and the, the comment is talking about an unannounced, unadvertised match, and Heenan won't say who the opponent is. He says, listen, watch, get ready. I'm like, okay, well, this is obviously Bill Goldberg. Obviously Goldberg. Because <laughs> Heenan is marking out for Goldberg like he doesn't for anyone else. Yeah. And This is a waste of two minutes. Yeah. Goldberg comes out, fans pop, huge. Goldberg hits all his stuff, yeah. and it's done. Yeah. But Heenan does really, really put, even says, that Goldberg makes me want to manage someone again. And yeah, he's like, Mr. Goldberg good. and all this. And Heenan, I've never heard him do this yet. No, it's, it's up there with his love for flair in WWF, the 92 era. Like mm. it's, he is putting Goldberg over to that level, which is weird because this guy's still incredibly green at this point. Some would say he's green now and we're in 2021. <laughs> About to headline a pay-per-view tonight. We, yeah, we record this as he's potentially about to win a world championship in 2021. Oh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, um, up yeah. next, we have Cruiserweight title versus Mask. It's Jericho, who's still breaking down the walls 18 months before that music even debuts. That yeah, still weird. sounds weird to me. I would never get over that feeling it's while watching the Thunders. Machine. It's very weird. I can't remember what his music was, but I'm guessing it was something that the music legal team aren't happy with. Probably some hair rock. Most WWE stuff was around this time. Yeah. Whatever Jimmy Hart could do and <laughs> rip off. Nirvana, mostly. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Jericho starts the match wearing the belt. I love that. And then he gets kicked in the midsection. It hurts him more, so he takes the belt off. Yeah, brilliant. It's the little things. It's, it's yeah. the little things. This is what yeah. I'm watching WWE for, these guys. Cruiserweights and people like Jericho and Benoit, that sort of level of guy. This is what makes WWE for me. Yeah. Uh, Hoogie's laying those kicks in early on, though. I mean, he... Something I noticed about a lot of people on this card, they work very strong style, a lot of Mm. them. uh, Are not afraid to just lay it in there. I think it's because the main event stuff looks so soft and so Hogan-friendly. God, Hogan's chair shot in the main event. (laughs) 
It's the worst yep. chair shot I've ever seen. It's the back rakes of Hogan. We'll get to this, but <laughs> don't sting. Don't sell a back rake. Don't. No. He's just massaging your back. He's just yeah. giving you a bit of a scratch. He's giving you a bit that's, of a rub. There. That's what he's doing. <laughs> um, great little spot from Jericho here. He got uh, knocked out in the ass. He played possum, pretending he was dead, so he get counted out. Yeah, uh, and he kept doing the oh Eddie like head up, looking back, playing dead again, and the Hoovy ruined it by dropping an elbow drop and waking yeah. him up. <laughs> so it's a nice little thing. Jericho had all this stuff which he didn't bring with him. He didn't yeah. take this sort of stuff to the WF with him. And I think no, he didn't. He, yeah, he did. I think. Yeah, he could have been this. Like they used it for Eddie, really, didn't they? Like few yeah. or four, four years later, Eddie was this guy that Jericho is now. Um, commentators still highlighting and emphasising that Randy Savage is the wild card in the main event tonight, ignoring the match, talking all about Randy Savage. And they, uh, the, on the, uh, the next night's Nitro, after this pay-per-view, they, meant, they called Randy Savage the most dangerous man in wrestling. That's a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, 4.50 splash by Hoovy gets us the apparent free count, but uh, Jericho got his hand on the rope uh, in between two and three. Match continued. Uh, top, nice. board, top rope springboard from Hoovy for two. Miss Lion's salt roll up for two. And then Hoa Command was blocked into a lion tamer, the proper lion tamer, not the water yeah. Jericho, the proper bend back, proper yeah. backbreaker lion tamer. We get the three. Jericho retains and Hoovy unmasks. Yeah. So on the, the Lion Tamer, it's such a shame that they made him not do that in WWF mm-hmm. or WWE. That was yep. such a, it looks so good. And then when he just ended up doing just the Boston Crabs, it's not the walls of Jericho, is it? No. And and also in WSW, you had Martel doing the Quebec Crab, which was a Boston Crab. So yeah. Jericho differentiated by having his stand up, you know, the, that, yeah. that kind of version of the Boston Crab. And for someone of Jericho's size in a in a land of the giants, SWE, a Boston Crab, I can't see. Doesn't really do anything. Yeah, if you do like Kane with these massive, yeah. uh, massive legs, it's not going to hurt him. But yeah, do the Lion Tamer stand up, pull him right back, put your knee on the back of his head. It looks that impressive. Would hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, this is the Hoovy, of course, we all know. We, we recognize yeah. the face. So that Hoovy is here. Obviously, the Hoovy that we've come to maybe know more is still a couple of years away. Mm. But yeah, the mask is gone. Jericho steals the mask and runs off with it as a trophy. Uh, match was really good. I liked it. They got they got a decent yeah. amount of time for WW show. Uh, told a story, got Jericho the next bit of heat. And you can now move on to the next level. It's a shame for Hoovy that he was only ever in WWE for a year and he was part of the Mexicals, the most, the the most Mexicals. racist gimmicks. Yeah. On the one deer lawnmowers. Oh, God. Yep. Okay, it's Mongo time. It's Mongo time. It's time for the show to start because it's Steve Business Mongo McMichael against the British Bulldog. And why is it that British Bulldog's music sounds really tinny compared mm. to everybody else's? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I reckon they were just playing off a tape deck, like holding up against up against the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I don't know why. Did, why did it sound like that? Yeah, I know it's not on Thunder previously as well, but mm. I thought it was just a one-off. But it's not. That's, that's what that's what it is, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, I, wasn't started, looking, I wasn't looking forward to this. No, I, 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 I don't like Mongo and the Bulldog at this time. No, nah, I'm not in for that. The fact is, this whole feud started because Bulldog was drinking coffee while Mongo was talking to him. It started with you, you uh, look, listen, look a man in the face while he's talking to you and stop drinking coffee. That's what started this feud. Yeah, why? I'm not invested in that. I don't care. And where's Jim Neidhart? Where's you yeah. know, Where's Bulldog's number two? Uh, match started badly. Action wasn't good. Uh, Bulldog got a sharpshooter that was up there with Rock in terms of sharpshooter quality. Looked awful. <laughs> Mongo couldn't sell it properly or indeed sell anything. <laughs> Uh, beat down the outside. Mong- I'll, I'll just put down here. Mongo's awful. Mongo yeah. is awful. Yeah. Uh, he's got that that appeal of like, oh God, what does Mongo do next? And he's got the Twitter account and everything and mm. it's fun to laugh at, but my God, this guy was a yeah. horseman. A this horseman. man was a horseman. 
That is one of the most ludicrous decisions in wrestling history. Now, I think is I get the logic because he's that playboy, that you know, that um, high rolling sports star. Yeah, it's great to have as a as a man you can just walk with flair, but in the ring, mm. no, oh, yeah, he was he was awful. Like he was a football player, and football players largely aren't good wrestlers. Like Goldberg was a football player, and he's not a good wrestler. He's an impact wrestler. Yep. Mongo's not even an impact wrestler. He just he's just bad. He managed to break his own arm in this match. <laughs> uh, Mongo went for a punch on the outside. Bulldog moving. Uh, Mongo punched the ring post. The ring post sold it better than Mongo did. Uh, Bulldog then got back in the ring and hit, uh, applied a wrist lock for a submission. Um, actually, before that, uh, Mongo went for the three-point stance that Duggan yeah. used to do, and he put his arm down, but it hurt. Why mm. not just use the other arm then? You're only exactly. resting on the mat. Just switch yeah. it. I, mm, I, I don't yeah. know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Bulldog got the wrist lock. Mongo didn't tap. The ref called for the bell. And Mongo complained. The, even the announcer said, no, he didn't give up. What, what happened? Why are you protecting Mongo? It's so weird. And why is Bulldog trying to submission wrestle as well? Just hit the power slam. Yeah. Just I don't. Just pin him. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't good. This this no. was bad. This was awful. This was I mean, the first really bad match of the night. Disco Parker was fine. It wasn't terrible. This was terrible. You think back, we're in February. So uh, six months ago, Bulldog's facing Ken Shamrock at SummerSlam in a high-profile match yeah. as part of the Heart Foundation angle. And six months on, he's doing this with Mongo. I mean, yeah, I hope you're being paid well, Davey, because your career's fucked. Yeah, I hope it was worth it. Sticking with your brother-in-law. Yeah. It probably wasn't, to be honest. Brett, Brett wouldn't have done the same. No. But no, I'm a Brett Hart fan within reason, as far as in the ring, but Brett wouldn't have followed you. No, not at all. Okay, time for the show to reach its peak here because it's US Championship time. It's Benoit challenging DDP for the belt. This was fantastic. Yep. I... I was never a DDP guy. I didn't really get kind of the DDP thing. And I'm saying that right now I'm wearing a DDP t-shirt. But um, he he's really, really good. And the we see it now with the RKO that he can hit it from anywhere. The, the amount of times he goes for it and the way the other wrestler sells it so much. Benoit looks genuinely terrified he's going to get hit with the, the cutter at any point during his yeah. match. And he throws himself out of the ring to not get hit with it. These two are so good. And he... I don't know if Benoit's small or if Paige is massive, but there's a massive height difference between the two. Paige is, Paige is deceptively big. Yeah. And Benoit is obviously quite small anyway, but Paige is huge. Six foot five, apparently. So that's that's a, that's big for WCW, certainly, yeah. when you've got the giant and you've got Nash, and that's kind of it. Everyone else is small. But yeah, yeah. he's uh, underrated, I think, DDP. Um, early on, Tanae claims that Paige ordered the best of Benoit tape to prepare for this. God bless yeah. tape. God that's bless tape. That's great. Yeah. Uh, they 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 mentioned that uh, DDP tapes all his matches. He's got more video equipment than the than the production crew apparently. Because <laughs> uh, he tapes all his matches. Uh, it it just these two work well together. They they always have done. They really uh, early, do. Early cut yeah. of a ten Benoit escaped it. They had a bit of a stare. They had a bit of a, a tense opening. Look, cut a bit of mat wrestling, and yeah. then they had a stare down. And Benoit just slapped the bejesus out of DDP, and the crowd just <laughs> yeah. went ooh. Well, I hope it's and it kicked now. off, and then they brawled after that, and it just woke, woke the match up. It was yeah. That's how you do it. Simple. Yeah. I like the opening to it. It was a really good kind of technical wrestling opening, which I didn't think DDP could do, but it really impressed. It was a really, really good um, reverse wheelbarrow suplex. Yep. Where they did a roll-through move, some pin combinations, and then DDP mm-hmm. slams him backwards. And there was also a really, really high-angled belly-to-back suplex where he drives Benoit into the canvas. And it's so good. It just looks like these two thought, yeah, we can. I don't mind going hard style, and it's going to get... Re- receded straight away by what DDP's doing um, to Benoit. It's yeah. such a hard-hitting, great match. 
I don't know if Benoit worked down to DDP's level. DDP worked up to Benoit's. I think definitely DDP worked up. I think I've Benoit seen set times. The yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Bring it, match me. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can choose to match me if you want, but this is mm. the level I'm working at. If you want to stick around, then this is what you got to do. Yeah. Um, suplex tempo DDP Benoit reverse into a cross face and the crowd went banana I yeah. mean they just because the, the, the cross face is recognised it's a finisher it's yeah. a respected finisher amongst the crowad and they you know they, they thought the end was coming yeah. uh, Paige booked it uh, sorry Paige blocked it I noticed there were some boos for Paige here actually the mm. people's champ and he, there was a little bit of a, a section there that you could audibly hear some boos for DDP I think that's just because the Benoit is a he is a face, isn't he? Even though he's kind yeah. of always in kind of in between in that company, he was more a face than a heel. Uh, rolling German suplexes get a very close two count that I thought was the finish. Yes, yeah, so uh, the crowd <laughs> are so into this. I mean, they are on the edge of their seats with every move. Yeah. Uh, cut reversal again into a backslide attempt. Benoit was flipped over. D- uh, DDP hit Dharma cut out and nowhere, which obviously yeah. is the gimmick and works. And there's the three. Incredible so match because it is like that. Bang, it's done. There's, there's, there's the cutter, it matches over because no one kicks out of it. It's it's a fantastic, well protected move, and the, the other wrestlers I think respect it as well because it can yeah. be just thrown anywhere. Um, cutter or RKO? Oh, the cutter looks more impactful. It looks more like it hurt more because Paige kind of drives them down to the canvas mm-hmm. with him, but. The RKO is more spectacular almost because Randy, Randy often flies into it or he's catching people off the ropes or he's he can set it up in a lot more ways. Like the, I always go back to the one with um, Seth at WrestleMania, yeah, two years back. That's the that's the, the picture perfect RKO, but yeah, I think I think they're both right up there. One just one's slightly more impactful for me, which is the cutter. Is the difference purely because one's a WF, WWE, one's WWE, so WWE. Uh, present it they spectacularize mm-hmm. it more whereas WW was just this is a move and whereas WF make a more of a production of it so things like the spectacular the the show yeah. stopping it's 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 the difference between the WWE and WW where they are the glitz they are the glamour mm. and WW weren't yeah they, there's they the warm gritty, up to it sometimes around yeah. where he's punching the canvas and he's mm-hmm. stalking ready to hit it Page never did that Page just thought oh, I'm just going to slap this on there you go match is over I mean, he'd do like farming carries into DD, into cutters, whereas, you know, Orton, apart from when you reverse like Evan Bourne or Seth Rollins yeah. or CM Punk, you know, which is usually a top right move into it. Yeah. It, yeah. So the setups were still done in a very different way. Yeah. I think RKO, probably same reason as you, it kind of, there's that bit more to it. Um, yeah. Maybe DDP's size as well, where he's a taller guy and Dubstub, you had a lot of smaller guys. It looks more when you've got a, a six foot five guy doing it on a five foot 10, five 11. Yeah, you know, whereas Orton is a is amongst similar size giants compared to yeah. that that kind of size of stuff you had. Uh, match, yeah, match was brilliant. It, you know, this is a high point of the card for me. Um, while looking into into the, the show, there was a lot of speculation around the time and since that Paige, as he was gaining a bit more creative influence with being Bischoff's neighbor and everything, um, Paige decided that he loved the Benoit Raven feud and wants a piece of it himself. Oh, nice. So reportedly, he moved himself into the the feud, moved Benoit into like the respect angle they had, which made people then kind of were fooled into thinking that Page was a great wrestler because Benoit respected him. He then segued Raven into the feud with him, and Benoit got pushed to the mid card. So there is a so DDP has a lot of critics, you know, as mm. much as he has fans, he has critics, and a lot of people think that 
Benoit was kind of shafted here because DDP saw the chance to get his way in. And, yeah. you know, he get, he gets a push and Benoit kind of, as a threat to him, gets pushed down. I don't know if there's any basis to that, but mm. I don't no, know. I mean, I suppose that the, the follow-up over the next sort of few weeks worth of thunders, we're going to see if Benoit does retain his position or we get yeah. DDP and Raven and Benoit is <clears> done now. I don't know. No, Benoit, he, he got his time. It was just a bit later than DDP's. DDP, mm. was more, he was more in a hurry because of how old he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, up next, um, they were talking about the Giant. Now, on the previous episode of Thunder, they said the Giant would be at Stupid Brawl to give us an update on his condition. Um, yeah. Bait and switch, he's not here. Apparently, travel issues. Oh, yeah, he's know. on the next night's Nitro, and he just says, yeah, what's the engine? Brilliant. That's worth it. <laughs> Okay, up next, the most dangerous man in wrestling, the wild card in tonight's main event. It's Randy Savage against Lex Luger in the no-DQ match, and the crowd love them some Savage. He they is do. over like gangbusters. So do I. I love Savage. Yep. Um, I hate Lex Luger, but watching him in a match with Savage is fine, because Savage is such a, like you're saying, he's a wild card. He is complete insanity at this point, and yeah, you don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> also, NWO Elizabeth is peak Liz. Yeah. Absolute peak Liz. Mm-hmm. Like, she's never been better than this. Yeah, this whole menacing. next year or so, women's never look better. This is mm. that's it. Just a note there. Um, yeah. big boost for Lex. Like Luca sucks chance. He is not. Uh, he's doing the heavy DDP re- uh, take ribs gimmick tonight. Uh, yeah, really high, like almost yeah. a t-shirt's worth. Of yeah, <laughs> uh, he can't lift Savage for a press slam, so he kind of sells the ribs a bit. <clears throat> yeah, Savage just keeps beating him down. It's it's like so one sided. Luga can't do anything, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Luga to stop selling, fights off Savage. The NWO run in. Yeah. Luga fights them off. Savage fights them off. Then the bell rings for no reason <laughs> that I can work out yet. Hogan comes out. Tells the NWO to back off, even though they've already been beaten down and knocked away. Yeah. Savage gets put in the rack. We don't see this. We see this in the replay. Savage gives yeah. up, and then Luger's awarded the win and stops selling the ribs that he's been beaten on for the last... <laughs> what? Yeah, this was an absolute cluster. I've never got the torture rack. It doesn't look like it hurts one bit at all. No. Uh, especially to a man that's as chunky as Savage is. That's not going to really affect his midriff at all. Wouldn't have thought so. But it's... like The guys are sent to the ring. Scott Norton, Buff Bagwell, Brian Adams and Vincent. Jesus Christ. It's the absolute like, B team. It's, the absolute not, it's B not even a B team. No. no, no. But I don't get... Why did the bell ring the first time? It's an ODQ match. So there's no... Yeah. The thing is, the ref doesn't even call for the bell because <laughs> the camera's on the, the main ring. So the guys run out. Yeah. Luger starts knocking them down. Nothing. Ref doesn't call mm. for the bell. Then Savage knocks a couple of the NWO guys down. The bell rings. And Hogan is out there for some unknown reason, really. Yeah, why? When he's head on the show in 20 like, minutes Back time. away, like leave him alone. Don't, you yeah. know. But they've already been knocked down, Hogan. They're, they're already walking back when you tell them to back down. Yeah. And, yeah, and then they miss the finish. They have to replay the finish to, to show that he submitted. This leads this to the next night on Nitro, Hogan challenging Savage to a match. And next month, uh, uncensored, it's Hogan and Savage, I believe, in the cage. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus don't Christ. don't need that. No, we don't. Headlining the show above the title. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, up next, it's the most anticipated, biggest tag team rematch in the history of our sport. It's the Steiner Brothers back on the same page with Teddy BRC against the Outsiders who are accompanied by Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes uh, a very fetching red leather jacket. Isn't he just? <laughs> uh, I did notice early on as the stars were coming down, Scott decided to try and flex for the camera so the director cut away. Cut away immediately. They had to go back to him and you could see you could see the cameraman basically saying, Scott, come back, do it yeah. again. Yeah. And Scott had to flex again. Or just <laughs> W that is. 
Kevin Dunn would have done that. No. He, he's bad, but he wouldn't have done that. He'd have followed Scott all the way to the <clears> ring. Yep. Um, so about a minute or a couple of minutes in, Steiner, Rick Stein's on his own clearing house, gets rid of the outsiders. He does the, you know, where he calls on the thing. Steiner comes in, Rick goes between his legs, do the woof woof in the barking thing. Yeah. And then Scott smirks at the outsiders. Ah, mm. <gasps> and turns on Rick. The turn. Here we go. We've waited for this for a while now. Yeah, a couple of axe handles to Rick's back. And then just walks away, but stands on the outside of the ring, weirdly. Just stands yeah, back in his corner. Su- hits not a double underhook suplex and then still stands in the corner. Yeah. While the commentators sort of suggest that does Rick even know what happened? Rick may be completely <laughs> unaware of it. I mean, surely if he's on the floor and Rick's and stands, if he's between Scott's <laughs> legs and he knows outsiders are outside the ring, who else yeah. would be beating him down? <laughs> uh, Rick's still t- fighting like a baby face does. He's trying to, he's kicking out and he's, he gets a bit of, bit of heat back and he gets some comeback. Yeah. But then he gets beat down outside the edge for the three new champions and big babyface pop for this, which is mm. not what the commentators are trying to tell as a story because they're trying to tell a story of Steiner horribly turned on his brother while the crowd are cheering and lapping it yeah, up. Yeah, the dastardly heel, Scott Steiner. The, the outsider's edge also was a complete botch the first time. Scott Absolutely. just could not get Rick up, could he? He couldn't nope. get him over his shoulder. <laughs> Nash does nothing in this match. No, he doesn't. He, he, took, he took a bump from Rick on the outside at the beginning, and he does nothing. This is the easiest, I think, the easiest payday Nash has ever had. Yeah, and he's had some easy ones in his career, but this, he didn't even break a sweat. Now, the turn was good, and the crowd obviously did react with that initial shock. Yep. But the fact that it's been coming for so long that every match feels like this is where it's going to happen, Yeah. It, it nullifies it a little bit, the fact that it was so telegraphed. Yes, it was obviously coming at some point and a bit a big title match against the NWO is the obvious place for it to come. The very next night, I'm, uh, I was going to say Raw, Nitro, mm. Scott's cut his hair cut, bleached yep. it. Goaty's bleached as well. He's is that he, the he instantly changes. Debut? Yeah, he's got the two little black lines and his yeah. goatee and then the rest of it's bleached. Yeah, he uh, immediately switches. Uh, unfortunately, we, we talked about this in the Star episode that we did. Uh, it took him quite a while to actually get over, though, because obviously injuries yeah. and, and stop-start with Rick and everything. He didn't really get over for another good 12 to 18 months at the way they... Because they for the rest of the night, well, for the last match, they really put up that Scott moving and defecting was a major, major blow to WSW. Yeah. And he was this big main event guy they were losing to the NWO, where, in all honesty, it wasn't that for a good 18 months, really. Yeah, they they open up Nitro with obviously the commentators, Janae Shivani, and it was Larry Zabisco. And they say the ultimate high was Sting bringing back the belt for WCW, but the ultimate betrayal and the ultimate downer is uh, Scott Steiner defecting to the NWO. Uh, is it? I mean, so not, given that, that bad, is it? they make it sound like a massive loss for yeah. WCW. Now, obviously, when we did the Steiner episode, we didn't watch the shows concurrently to see what the story was being told on by the commentary. But yeah. we went through the initial post heel turn booking and he was losing to Lex Luger. He was, yeah. he, he was, you know, him and Rick did nothing for so long when they did Rick beat him all the time in handicap matches. So what was the story? It's that to me, that's just typical WCW. You've got this huge moment. If they had run with it immediately made Scott be the challenger for sting, or at least like gone after the world TV title, got mm-hmm. some sort of, or the heavyweight, um, the United States title from Page, like put him immediately in a feud for a title, brilliant. But no, then they just stick him in the background and have him lose, like you say, to his brother who he's turned on. Which is, if you're going to turn him, you have to be the more dominant one. Like when Matt turned on Jeff, Matt always beat Jeff. Yep. It didn't. It, yeah, it was weird. Up next, we have a promo for Uncensored. This is the worst promo for a paper I've ever seen in my life. 
It's horrific. <laughs> now, uncensored is supposed to be this uncensored, uh, obviously, you know, no rules, dirty, gritty, downright nasty pay-per-view where anything goes and there's no holds barred. So you have a pay-per-view promo that makes it sound like a jaunty night out at a theatre. Yeah. It's weird. Like the wrestlers are singing the, the taglines during it as well. I, I transcribed this video. Oh, really? Yes. It literally <laughs> goes with interspersed clips of either guys in front of green screens or sets, mostly mid-card guys, obviously, yeah. and some clips from in the ring of like Hogan and Savage and Piper and stuff. Giants, rulers, diamonds, flex, dog hearts, flyers, outsiders, madness, stars, WWNW, uncensored. That's the first verse. <laughs> Second verse. Kick, smash, fly, trash, punch, throw, bash, hit. Rules are for fools. And Wrath is saying that in time with the song. Uh, Adam Bomb there really making yeah. his worth there. Um, it's WW and NW uncensored. And that's the promo. It's awful. Yeah, it is awful. It is really, really bad. You just wouldn't get that from WWF, would you, at all? The, the, when they say hearts, it has three women holding a sign saying Bret Hart. Doesn't even have Brett in it. No. Brett's also, as a note, weeks, so Brett's not on this show. No. <laughs> we are three months removed from his debut. Yeah. As the biggest free agent signing in WWE at this time. The fact he's come from the WWF for, as their world champion, screwed in Montreal, all that, that hyperbole, he's not on this show. Yeah. But... Yeah. He, We're here. He, he, sorry, he's on, he's on Nitro the very next night. They start Nitro with a video video clips of um of wrestlers talking about Steiner's big turn, and they they, they go to Brett, and I don't think they brief Brett on what he's talking about because he says no one knows better than me what it's like to have a brother turn on you, um, but it will affect more than just the two of them. It will affect um, people well outside their families. Will it? Really? Why, why will it affect anyone else other than the Steiners? No, I don't, I don't really. <laughs> I think it's a Brett. Steiner turned on Steiner. What do you think? Yeah, basically. I don't think they're giving yeah. kind of steer on what the story is. Yeah. Okay, time for the most time for the biggest rematch in the history of our sport. It's for the WWE Championship, the vacant WWE World Heavyweight Championship. It's Sting versus Hulk Hogan. Michael Buffer is here. Ross, take the floor. What was your issue with the announcer <laughs> to end all announcers? The amount of money he gets paid. Yep. He should be putting his heart and soul into these into these intros, and he just does not care at all. He's appalling, and he gives Sting about three hundred nicknames as he's walking to the ring. He just carries on talking and talking and talking. But shut up, man! Just say Sting, not like the man who wears black. Like what? Hogan wears black. Yeah, Hogan. Most of them black wear black with white trim. Yeah, the man like, recognised as the leader of the NWO, recognised yeah. as the greatest superstar in wrestling. He is what? awful. He was, he was on a retainer, wasn't he, for a quarter of a million yes. dollars. He like, called Hogan the self-proclaimed heavyweight champion in the world. Well, surely everyone proclaims himself the heavyweight <laughs> champion in the world. Yeah, he calls Sting, Sting the people's champion. Like, I'm uh, sure that is a gimmick infringement. Buffer's open line was two arch enemies will face each other in the rematch <laughs> the world has been waiting for. <laughs> so Hogan comes out first and gets mm. a pop because it's, it's, it's survey says one more for the bat for the good guys here because the NWO country, the NWO yeah. are over in, in this arena. Uh, Sting walks out um, and then charges the ring. 
yeah. while Buffer's still introducing, and Buffer keeps talking even though Sting's in the ring. Yeah. He doesn't stop. He's like, well, I'm, this is my job. I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, before we get into the action, there was a sign in the crowd. WW, HIV positive. Brilliant. What? Yeah, that's what not... That's that, that should be taken off of them at the door. That's appalling. Okay, so Sting charges the ring. Now, if this was the WWF and this was Steve... Actually, this, they've done this. WrestleMania 15, Austin Rock were in the ring. Austin charged and started. If a babyface charges your arch enemy heel, as we were told by Buffett that these two are arch enemies, the greatest enemy Sting's ever had, and yeah. Sting charges him... Babyface gets the initial heat. He gets the shine. He knocks Hogan down a few times. Hogan sells. He gets up, bump, up, bump, up. Clist Hogan out of the ring. Hogan mm. backs off. Sting goes and does his flexy thing. Crowd pop. It's just, it's basic. 101. Babyface gets that initial flurry. What happens here? Sting slides into the ring and proceeds to get beaten up by Hogan for about seven minutes. This match is only 11 minutes long. Sting uh, gets one kick. In the first five minutes of the match, yeah, I yeah. timed it because I had to check. Complete Hogan domination. He whips him with a belt. He pulls his shirt, his jacket over his head, and punches him in the face like he's a little school school round school round bully. Like this, this booking is absolutely baffling. Why is Sting agreed? This is how this match is going to go. Fine, he wins, but he looks like an idiot out of this. Hogan is laughing throughout this match. He's got yeah. a massive smile on his face. And it's like he might be happy, fine, but he's happy because he's managed to get his own way. He's losing, but he's not really losing, is he? The commentators even say it's all been Hogan. They even say he's got more experience. This is a Hogan match. He's working his time. He's working his pace. There's, it's a complete squash job from a man who's apparently putting over the franchise of WWE. Hogan is the absolute master. You can take your Triple H. You can take your your Steve Austin's it as well. You can take your Shawn Michaels. None yep. of them. Can no. come anywhere near to what Hogan can do. Hogan is the absolute master at this. Yeah, definitely. At one point, uh, Mike Janay says that um, you're always at a disadvantage if you come in second. Yeah, so, I noted that. When has that been a thing? Ever? Yeah, um, it's always disadvantage we come out second. I just put, this isn't true as long as you don't rush the ring against a man who's politically squash you before the match even starts. After Sting was seven... wearing a necklace in this yeah. as well. He obviously didn't care about this. Well, at Starcade, he didn't look tan enough, apparently, no. and he didn't look up for it. In this mm. match, he's wearing a necklace. So, you yeah. know, after nearly His seven gear, minutes... sorry, as well. His gear looks oh, awful. Awful. It's just all black. Like, where's the yeah. scorpion stuff? You you sting. Like You see the next night on Nitro, they, they rip his top down to put the uh, spray paint on him. He's got a, he's ripped. He looks like old, colourful sting. Like, just get rid of the singlet part of it. it just wear yeah, the trousers and the boots. Okay, the accusation was that he looked a bit doughy. Apparently, Hogan, yeah. we've we've heard from Bischoff in this podcast that Hogan and Bischoff were in the office. Sting walked in, mm. didn't look in great condition. They thought, hang on a minute, we can't do this. Like this isn't going to work. Sting's yeah. not up for this. He's not motor. He's, he's had a year and a half off. He hasn't worked out. You know, which yeah. to be fair, I think they had a point. And forget the whole, like, he didn't have a tan or whatever, but if Sting doesn't look up for the biggest match they've been plugging for a year and a half building to this, maybe they're right to not give it to Sting full-time straight away. Yeah, that, that's like, fine. I've got no issue with that, yeah. But this was... This is how you crown your new guy going yeah. into the, the your next part of your... Well, the, the new year, almost. After seven minutes, nearly, Sting makes his comeback. Yeah. Like, he may have come out like he's been beaten now for 20 minutes. It's been <laughs> yeah. seven minutes. He hit punch and Shivani says he's risen <laughs> from the ashes. Mm. What? <laughs> uh, Sting got the weightlifting belt. Ironic. Yeah. It's like Shakespeare, this, isn't it? Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, Hogan takes a walk. Sting gets him back. Uh, announcers are loving it. And then Hogan takes over again after Sting missed a splash. What's going on? 
Like, yeah. yeah. It's at 10 minutes at this point. Sting's had about two minutes of offense. Hogan at no point has ever looked in danger. No. It's, it's dreadful. The, the, the finish as well. Ref bump, uh, uh, obviously, because it's a pay-per-view fin- two main event. Yeah, well, yeah. Hogan gets a leg drop. Nick Patrick runs out and makes a two. Hogan yep. gets a two. And then Hogan looked, Hogan was greatest reaction ever to look and goes, it's me. That is it's my highlight me. of the match. It was superb. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Hogan has this look of incredulous, just incredulous look like, the hell are you it's doing? Hollywood. Like, it's me. What are you yeah. doing? And, and Nick You're Patrick my <laughs> is the star of this. He's so yeah. animated and he gets a story of better than the commentators ever could. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sting gets a test of strength. Uh, Hogan breaks it, obviously. That's the point. They yeah. had about four tests of strength in this match, and Hogan yeah, won all did. of them. Yeah. I don't know why they keep going to that. If you've won one, surely you're stronger yeah. throughout the entire match. Announcers again highlight and acknowledge that Hogan's dominated the match. Mm-hmm. Why highlight that? Like, literally, why highlight that? Uh, Hogan got a big old bull shot in there. Great low blow. Yeah, Very Sting helps out in pain. Yeah, Sting, Sting it up. And did his, uh, his flexy thing that doesn't look impressive. If, not, if you can't see your muscles, you can't really see anything. You're not big enough for that to work. Nope. Thing. Uh, two stinger splashes, hit the, the Scorpion death drop. Hogan kicked out. Oh, sorry, Hogan got hit and kicked Patrick as he went down. Yeah, so nicely done. Was, yeah, it was. Hogan, <laughs> Hogan couldn't, uh, ref couldn't make the count. NWO run in, obviously, because yeah. it's WWE paid for your main event. Sting took them out. Yeah. Savage runs in. <laughs> Hogan with, I don't know what it was. I think it was a spray can. Okay, hit, Hogan hits a savage Hogan with spray can. Yeah. Savage then disappears. Sting yeah. covers after a spray can shot. Yep. And gets the free count. That's it. That's how you win your your, your belt. Hogan you... wouldn't even job to the death drop. He wouldn't job to Sting's <laughs> fin. It wasn't a, a tap out like a Triple H tapped out to Benoit <laughs> at the height of Triple H political prowess. <clears throat> yep. In MSG, clean as a freaking sheet, Triple H tapped out to Benoit. A vanilla yeah. midget, if you believe a lot of people. And the Hogan can't. Triple H got for not, no. but for not being people over and burying people. And Hogan can't put over Sting <clears> to his own finish. Hogan's thinking two steps ahead. He's got that feud of macho, that big feud, those two young guns. Sting spray paints uh, WW on Hogan. Sting yep. then walks. Sting throws the belt down at one point and celebrates. Yep. Just doesn't even hold the belt up. Just throws it down and walks off. Uh, he walks out. There's no fuss at all. There's <laughs> literally no. There's no fireworks. There was the there was the the rest nothing in Where's the, the background. Wrestlers coming out celebrate with Did you notice a fan in the ring? A sting was walking down the road at the ramp at the very end. As he's walking down with the ref, there's a fan jumps in the ring and because Doug Dillinger turns around and walk, rushes past Sting to get late again. Doug's useless. Late get into the ring, but it was just the whole thing. The story was Savage beat Hogan. Sting didn't seem to care. There yeah. was no real enthusiasm or emotion that Sting has reclaimed the belt. The announcers, no. bless them, are trying to tell a story. And awful match, awful booking. Sting got absolutely shafted by mm. a political master here. Yep, he did. He got played. Absolutely. Hogan comes out of this, none the worse off. <coughs> He's not a champion, sure, but he'll get it back in a few weeks' time, probably. Now, I haven't looked ahead to what's coming, but going from memory here, from what I recall, um, St- I think Savage gets the belt from Sting for a night and then Hogan beats Savage the next night. I think that's um, how you get it back to Hogan because Hogan obviously drops it to Goldberg. Yeah, and I Savage don't remember Hogan. Yeah. Sting at Spring Stamp, Slamboree. Uh, Spring Stampede, sorry. And then by the time we get to... Uh, where are we now? Slamboree. The title isn't even being put up <laughs> for, uh, in a match. I, I know that... Hogan obviously gets it back for the Goldberg thing in July. Yeah. Uh, and we're in February. So we're what, four months out, five months out from that. 
So Sting holds it how whenever Spring Stampede is uh, April maybe Spring Stampede. Yeah. So Sting holds it for a couple of months. Then I'm guessing Sting doesn't main event the next show because Hogan and Savage main event. Yeah, in he's case, second don't they? second up for that. Of course, uh, is that the Scott Hall paying off the World War Three thing at this point? Uh, yeah, he, he pays up. He has catches in his, his shot. Okay. Got most of yeah. So Sting has a as an upper mid card match that no one really cares about, and no one knows Scott Hall's not going to win. After Hogan, that match with Scott Hall, there is not another. Well, there's the, the Savage one, the next pay per view, and then there is not a World Championship match on pay per view until the end of July at Bash of the Beach. They have three pay per views. And that, that was time when Goldberg faced Kurt Hennig, I believe. It is, yeah. And that finishes in three minutes' time, and not it doesn't even main event. No, because I think, Go- I, think, I think Goldberg won the belt six days before that pay per view. There yeah. was because no, obviously it was it was booked on the fly like four days before on Thunder, so because I thought wasn't that was the Rodman stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, Rodman and Carmelo. Yeah. So I'm Goldberg looking ahead, and focus. some of this doesn't make sense. Sting defeated the Giant in a head in the main event of uh, the Grand American Bash for control of the WCW World Tag Team Championships. Yeah, those two attack because Giant comes back. Spoiler: alert, Giant comes back and turns heel and right. joins Nash, who almost broke his neck. Yeah, makes sense. Sting and Giant become tag champions. I think this is when Giant starts smoking and doing a Sandman gimmick. Brilliant. And then um, because then Giant turns, but they're still tag champs for Sting, they have a match to determine who the tag champions are. So Sting beats Giant in a singles match to win the tag titles. Yeah. I'll in ask the question again. The why are we doing Thunder? Why are we doing Thunder? Storylines like this. So basically, the main event is Sting getting destroyed by Hogan. The next paper you see Sting not even in the main event. And then by the mm-hmm. time the next paper you run, Sting's already lost his belt or will soon lose his belt. And Savage is a caretaker. I'm, I'm sure it's a one-night rain he drops it to Hogan. So I'm mm. sure that's... I know it happens in 99 as well because I'm sure they do it again. And yeah. Savage is always only ever a caretaker and a transition to Hogan. Right. Because I know, Goldberg, uh, I know Hogan has it for Goldberg in July. And yep, I don't remember. Holds it for one day. Yep. He lo- okay. Yeah. So it's wins it at Spring Stampede, drops it the next night on Nitro to Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Savage has uh, th- four different runs with this title uh, in the space of a year, and he holds it for a good one thirty-one days. <laughs> Poor Andrew. Wow. That was um. That was that was Super Bowl. Up to the main event. Recommend it. Hugely yeah, recommend it. Really good. Uh. Her La Parker and Disco is is inoffensive, but it's not brilliant. That's probably mm. the lowest point of the well, no, Mongo and Bulldog's the lowest point of the show before the main event. Uh, Benoit and DDP steal the show, absolutely steal it. Booker T was great in his two matches, Saturn was good, Martel was good, even with the injuries. Yeah, um, Jericho had a bit of time to do what he did, and it just went off a cliff with the main event. Mm. Yep, spot on. <laughs> Overall, recommend just turn off when uh, the, the second half match finishes. Absolutely, yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, the immediate then is obviously you've uh, whilst a slightly, you know, just briefly touched on Nitro the next night. Not an awful lot really happens, in all honesty. Sting gets um, beaten down in the main event by all of the uh, NWI home uh, matcher comes out to help him, and he gets beaten down as well. And they they both get spray painted, and uh, that's how Nitro ends. Jesus Christ. With the NWO reign supreme. Well, we'll see that recapped on Thunder multiple yep. times, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, that was Super Bowl. Uh, we're two pay-per-views down in the Thunder era. Uh, we're six episodes down um, of Thunder itself. Mm. And our next show is going to be the fallout to Super Bowl and Nitro. That is not mentioned, is it? Of course it's not. <laughs> 
Okay, any thoughts, any feedback, any queries or anything else you have on this show, you can let us know in normal ways on Facebook at Ring the Bell Show, on Twitter and Instagram at Ring the Bell Pod. What's, what's the email address? At ringthebellpod at gmail.com. Lovely. Um, if you want to give us a five-star rating and a review for the show, you can do that over on Apple Podcasts. You can also like and listen and share and recommend the Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music Podcast, or anywhere else. If a place does a podcast, we will be there. You'll find it. It's going to be there. We're like COVID. We're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Less and less than... Well, no, you guys have been to. Well, yeah. Thunder's bad, so... Yeah, it's it. Anyway, uh, this has been our latest instalment of Bringing the Thunder. It's been Super Bowl and it's been the Hogan Show. Mm-hmm. Just how he likes it. Thank you for listening. I've been Andrew. I've been Ross. Andrew. Yes. Bring that bell. Yeah.